back to another episode of Dude Don't. I'm your host, Elle, and we also have Nick in here and Evan. It's me. Don't say, it's don't say Evan. Me. I like how you just like casually said my name. Like, I'm going have Nick in here. Like, I'm not just the couple. <laughs> we have the one, the only, Co-hosts, or is one the host and the others the co? No, no, we're equal. We're all are equal sh- in here. All of us are okay. equal. Me, so I'm a co- <laughs> so I'm a third of the, the power yes. in which yeah, yes, that you is too. Joining okay. us today, we're splitting our power into thirds. We're a throuple now. We're a throuple now. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. This is Evan. He is a fellow. Dating and sex spurt. <laughs> yes, I am. All those are it's very true. Um, I haven't even started drinking yet today on our episode about dating while sober. Um, but today, Evan is in here to <laughs> talk to us. Okay, so I'm going to cut this shit, y'all. Okay, we're going to start. We're going to start really getting into it. Um, Evan works with us. He's also a dear friend, and he's dated before in his life and is currently dating and he has some interesting stories to tell Do us today. <laughs> Do you? I, uh, well, I have God stories. forbid you came in here with nothing in your back pocket. I, I have, no, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, I have some things we can just talk about. I mean, so, yes, these two, these wonderful ladies uh, asked me if uh, I could share a little bit on what it's like dating in sobriety. I am in recovery, uh, so I don't do, it means I don't do any drugs or drink any, I don't drink mouthwash, mouthwash excessively, um, which by the way has a lot of alcohol, that was a joke. Yeah. And, yeah. Vanilla, and, <laughs> and also vanilla extract. I was going to laugh, extract. but your face did look confusingly in serious. In home ec, because that makes total sense to me. Did you do that in I home did. Ec? I am exactly I can totally the type picture of that. person that does home ec. Did you like just get the little bottle and like chug it and then? No, I think you meant, did you drink the vanilla extract? Oh, yes. I was going to say, yes, I did home ec. And I also got drunk in high school off of vanilla extract. But we didn't have the small bottle oh. because it was... Home so it's shareable. We have like family the big size. Bo- family size. That's right. And all it takes is just a couple shots of that, which mm-hmm. is very hard to get down. I didn't know that. A I might have to shots? go get some tonight. That sounds a lot more effective than mm. drinking like a lot of beer. What's the hang? Yeah. What's the hangover like? I mean, there has to be. I one. mean, is there really a hangover at like 15? I mean, okay, that's a good point. Maybe. Yeah. I, I remember. Is it mainly like the sugar? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't like, know if I'm the best resource for that. No, I think the alcohol is what suspends the like the, the almond extract. So it's like a liquid suspension. Usually, when you have a liquid suspension, it has some sort of like alcohol in it. Sorry, now I just wait. I want to give us a quick little disclaimer because Evan does not drink alcohol. He's drinking tea, meaning he's going to have a little slurpee oh. slurpees, and we're going to pick <laughs> them up. We're going to pick them up. And then, and then so. when I just let. So everybody knows when I'm actually taking a sip. I'm just going to get real close. Oh, it, this is going to be an ASMR, ASMR episode. ASMR. Sober dating ASMR. slash ASMR. 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 Drink the tea. Tea. You know that there's ASMR porn. We're three minutes. There's ASMR porn. Yeah, I watched them like two days yesterday. Or is two that days just ago. like wait, like close in? Wait, this actually like sounds slurping? like what you kind of like. It was like so this dude <laughs> no. was like laying down. No, and not sex sounds. Isn't that what ASMR hot. would be? Okay. It was pretty okay, hot. but you, you said it in a very weird way. I am in no way. <laughs> 
into sex ASMR. Are you against it? No, I'm not against it, but she <laughs> no, like, said it like I was we definitively. Talk, but we talked about before how you were like, wait, have you said this on the podcast? No, okay, but I, okay. You like, listen, here's, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> All right, sorry. I love, Aaron. I love food. And I restrict myself from a lot of foods because I would just weigh 500 pounds. Uh-huh. So instead, I like to watch people eat food. Mukbang. Mukbangs. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't watch it for the sounds. Like, I don't like eating sounds. I just like the fact that people can eat all the foods that I can't eat. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm talking about another conversation where, oh. yeah, this might have been. Oh, no, where we were talking about how, like, when I listen to porn, I listen mostly for the moaning yeah, of yeah. the girls rather than, like, actually watching them get, like, from behind. Yeah. 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 I, I, I can There's do more. There's some other ASMR. <laughs> I can do more with listening to the moaning. But it's not like I want to listen to, like, slurping and, and like. That's the noise. So <laughs> what exactly gonna... is the sound that you. Just, like. you make the sound? I'm or... not going to moan. On mm. on our podcast, but it, this is but it's just female make moaning. the sounds that you like hearing <laughs> yeah. on the Can podcast. You just please. do it, please. Quit. I'm most definitely not going to moan on the podcast. I just don't see what's. I if you want though, I can pull up moaning on my phone. If you really have to do that, if you're that afraid no, of like, just making some, no, I'm not going make to make sex some noises. sex noises <laughs> right now. I'm literally just going to make a really loud. Oh, my God, Nick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no wonder I did not wake up this morning. <laughs> Her alarm just went off at 6, 12 p.m., you know, not a.m. Oh, true. classic rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Oh. All right, well, I guess we can move on from the sex noises. No, we're not gonna they have to be made. Head. Make yours then. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Robert. John Robert. Candy. Wait, Wait why did Robert, Robert just come John Candy? I always say John Candy's name when I orgasm. That's fine. No judgment. Oh, this is a judgment-free zone. That's a great new... I Except might, for I self-judgment. No, it's not self-judgment. Mm-hmm. It's just like I am more conservative. And I just choose oh. to keep my noises private. So that way, when you hear them for the first oh. time, so you I'm get expect- that experience. Yeah. So yeah. I should expect to hear them... Exactly. At some point. At some point. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll talk, we'll talk later. I tip my tea to you, sir. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not mean, drinking tea, though. Yeah. Just, it has yes. caffeine in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> whoa. Can't be having any caffeine. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> okay. Evan, talk to us about... So, tell us a little bit about um, whenever you first started dating after coming out of recovery... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that experience like? Did you find it awkward? Did you was know? It did harder you? To yeah, was find? it hard? Yeah. So okay, so I've been kind of in and out of recovery since I was a wee lad, but I, you know, I didn't really give it a shot until I was in my mid twenties, twenty five, twenty six, and. Um, now, how old are you now? I'm 29. Okay. Um, We're the exact same age, y'all. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, my God. So, but, so, I had never, so I'm in a 12, I, you know, I go to a lot of 12-step mm-hmm. meetings and stuff. Um, and uh, so, it's horrifying dating and even thinking about dating in a 12-step 
like the rooms let's say the rooms isn't it like one of the steps that like when you're first going through the steps not to date no Oh, okay. It's not explicitly no, no. said that. No, no, no. I mean, I don't know exactly which program you're in. Mm-hmm. I'm in a in a twelve step program to like for well ACA, like the adult children of alcoholics. Oh yeah, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty but similar. It's, yeah, a lot of the steps are similar in that they they value working through your own stuff before mm-hmm. you would even before you would be able to be in a healthy relationship and like yeah. be able to bring a healthy part of yourself to that relationship. Right. Yeah. So that being said, you know, in a world with, you know, drug addicts and alcoholics aren't exactly the most like well put together people love them all to death. They're great. But like they've been through some rough stuff, you know, and um, so I hate to use the word like damaged goods, but it's like there's just a lot of hurt people, you know. All right. So uh, my experience dating uh, in sobriety has definitely been. Um, it's been, it's been interesting, but it's also for a lot of cool reasons. One, um, you know, I've dated in a very unhealthy mental and emotional state and just like went to this thing, just, just wanting somebody to touch my boner. Like, that's it. It's awful. Like, it's just, um, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I, I feel like it's like, 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 like nodding like, 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 you know? men, though, regardless yeah. of like drugs. No, that's to touch like, their boner. Yeah. Touch my boner. I, I don't. Please. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's the case. So uh, I was certainly a, feels like that for my. I was. A, I was an opiate addict. So opiate just like strips you of all libido. Like your sexuality yeah. has just been, like it's gone. Yeah. Come on, come off opiates and. That shit comes back with a fiery vengeance. Oh, so interesting. It, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, anyway, I guess there's there's these like these two types of or two places you can be at in recovery. One is you're just like trying to just feel good any way you possibly can, however that what in whatever form that comes, and a lot of times comes in sex and relationships and stuff. Yeah. But the other cool thing about dating and recovery is that for the people who are actually trying to better themselves, the, I'll just use the word, the code in which people in recovery live. Oh my gosh. Like are so beautiful. I mean, one, like seeking, seeking some form of spirituality, whatever that means to you, all encompassing broad and roomy second, like taking a look at yourself, finding like who you are, like what you've done wrong in the past, made amends to everybody you've harmed. I mean, then go out and help people like that's, sure. you know, and so you, the people you meet in here are just give so much to help their fellow man. So there's woman. like, there's like this spectrum and, and there's like all, it's like all shades of gray in between. Like you have the people who are just looking to replace the addiction. Right. And sometimes that is replaced with like sex and relationships, which, I mean, we won't say is healthy or unhealthy because I don't have an opinion on it. But then that's like that could be kind of cool because then you're just like going and like having a bunch of fun. Yeah. But then there's also like another part of it, another, you know, puzzle piece to it where it's like you're actually trying to better yourself. And because you're trying to better yourself, you're meeting cool, like minded people, Absolutely. which isn't like 
always a part of dating, but it opens the door to meeting people who are kind of in the same headspace right. that you're at. It's like this community that you get to like your own community that you get to meet people yeah. in. Uh, and people who understand too, I think too, you know, the old saying of you're the sum of the five people you hang out with most. Mm-hmm. Whenever you start surrounding yourself with people in recovery, then you start attracting other people who have the same life goals as you. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said about replacing addiction with sex or relationships, like I think to some extent, you know, like that would be natural, but sex addiction is a huge slippery slope too. And oftentimes is something, whether it's love addiction or sex or really, you know, some kind of dependency, codependency on another person is oftentimes something that is lying underneath a substance addiction. And I mean, then, you know, then we can root back to childhood sure. and, you know, all the different foundational blocks. But anyway, yeah, it's, it, it is such a like crazy mix of people in the rooms that it's to me, like I'm, I'm with you or my opinion is that I think it's really dangerous to date someone from in the rooms sure. because it's just like, you're, you're, if you like, for me, I'm still on step one. So I'm in and I feel very much like I'm just struggling to like get a footing and get a solid sponsor and like keep going with it. Um, And it's hard to know, like if someone is really at the point where they're truly ready, Oh sure. you know, an opiate addiction, sex addiction, um, you know, any kind of substance addiction like that or or like sex or love addiction is such a deep rooted thing Mm -hmm. that like it takes so long to work through. Yeah, I know somebody. that is in in recovery or so like has now gone sober and for this person they said that like dating for the first time outside of or you know after being sober they just felt they just felt more like they 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 actually felt their emotions like sober and like all the things that come with like dating you're now feeling sober maybe not for the first time because it doesn't mean the entire time that you were in a relationship with someone else that you were drunk the entire time (laughs) but it was an easy excuse right it's like you know an easy excuse to go drink you get into a fight with a girl or guy and you go out and drink and you don't have to deal with that Mm -hmm. problem and and sober now you're having to deal with those emotions and those problems sober you know and I think that that in itself is huge to me like when this person was telling me that I was like well that makes perfect sense like you know this is it's not a new maze because again I want to express that this person felt before it's just like now it's how you how you have to deal with that yeah. dealing with that is a lot different than I'm sure how you would have dealt with it in the past right was yeah. it what did that feel like for you was it raw did it hurt was it exciting was it like thrilling in a way I mean what yeah, yeah. Like dating right after your kind of your first experience how long well I want to first ask and because I think that these will tie in too how long did you wait to start dating <laughs> Like immediately. Well, I mean, <laughs> like not, not like, and I mean, like truly yeah, dating, like, not like hooking up, not like partnering. Well, like I'm talking about, like truly dating. So I hadn't started dating people also in re- in recovery until very recently. So, be- just because um, in my specific circumstance, I generally. Um, you know, me, you know, I've always been in long-term relation, long, long-term relationships. And I generally just met them when I wasn't, uh, well, when I wasn't in recovery, really, you know? Um, and so I have not, I guess, 
to your question, which was, how did it feel? Yeah. Right. So, um, I don't know, I guess I don't really know if I, if there's a different, what was the difference for me? I know it's like mm-hmm. a boring answer, but so, no, I mean, that's honest. Yeah. Well, cause I, w- without sobriety, like there is no relationship for me, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I literally don't have anything. It's pretty awful and it's super sad. So, um, so like getting into a relationship, I mean, I genuinely, I like to think I'm a pretty nice guy. My relationships aren't too crazy. Like uh, they're not abusive or anything weird or so I just, I don't know, man. I, I just enjoy like being with somebody who I love and like, I don't know. Like just feeling that connection. Like you just genuinely like having a connection with someone. I'm just, yeah, I, I get wrapped, so wrapped up in people. I love people. I love like humanity i think that you know the the human soul and heart have so much to give and like the fact uh, when i you know when i'm sober that's like the only time i can feel it and and i i don't know i guess you know one i kind of feel like i may may be a love addict but i love it like maybe i'm just maybe i'm not a love addict even just like a no, I've started to wonder if I am because too. it's just like, like it, because it's not like okay. So so my question is, and maybe we actually need someone who like is ex- really experienced in this. But my understanding, of like a love addict, is is like a, is like a not just sexual, but like a partner, right? right? Love, but like I feel like the way you're explaining is that you just love people in general. Like you yeah. just love to love people, yeah. and not specifically like love to be in a relationship with people consistently. But you just love like spreading love. Yeah, like the more love in your life, the better. Yeah, I, I guess where I, I guess what I really am after is I really enjoy just kind of like a partnership. Like, I really like kind of me and somebody else's life who I just like being with, you know, and like, we just, we're partners, you know, we do everything together. We like take on the world together. That's. Fight crime together. Fight crime. Oh my God, there's so much crime. Also, Rob, I mean, crime together. Crime. Oh, also do crime together. Do crimes. You don't, you don't look like somebody who would love to do crime. I, I I think I got a little bit of bad boy. I think Evan could probably rob a bank or two. I if wouldn't go to. bank. I I just corner just a couple corners. Oh, stores. corner stores. Banks, oh, okay. high, yeah, yeah. surveillance these days, technology, yeah. Yeah. cell phones, cell phones. So, mm-hmm. so I am am not sober because I am going through recovery. Mm-hmm. I just am one of those people that chooses to be sober, and I want to. I know that some people are going to be like, well, you drink here and there. So you're not really sober, but 99% of the time I am sober Sure. in the instance I do decide to have a drink. It's usually never like a full drink or a whole glass of wine or not. And occasionally I am like, Ooh, well, sangria sounds good. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll have one. Yeah. So I liked, I don't, so sober is kind of tricky because I know that yeah. that means something special to people, but I don't drink 99% of the time. And so I found that dating for me being choosing to be sober mm-hmm. is kind of difficult Yeah, it, it, because people, it, people are always so surprised like that. Yeah. So even just last in the, you know, the last few months when I've reached out to people 
you know, it's like, oh, well, let's go grab a drink. And I am very upfront. I'm like, look, I'm not one of those like girls who can't go along with it. I'm Mm -hmm. happy and content to drink water or Topo Chico anywhere, but just know that I don't drink. So like you're, it's just not going to happen. And it's always like, what? You don't drink? And it's like, it's more of a shock to find out that I don't put like, pure poison in my body you know it's like yeah it's like well then how do you have fun how do you have fun and like and that's That's a great question for this podcast yeah how do you have fun oh god i'm not literally asking but it is such a societal norm to depend on alcohol or some kind of substance to relax you absolutely huge thing and that's what kind of honestly it's what kind of uh having had this ability this opportunity to step back and kind of assess how i've been running my life what i've depended on for like just simple entertainment, you know, um, it's amazing how few things I actually enjoyed, you know, like going out with, going out with the boys or whatever, you know, um, is, I think that just like normal conversations in general, I think are better sober. And and maybe that's just my own personal opinion, but I find that if you go to a bar and you meet up with somebody for drinks, sure, it kind of takes the edge away, like the nerves and stuff. But I also feel like it kind of, because I've done both, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've been the type that's like, I don't want to tell somebody right off the bat I don't drink because then they're just going to be disinterested because they're going to be like, oh, this girl's a prude. She's not fun. She's all of these things. So I go and I've had a couple of drinks, you know, like this is like way in the past because now I just, I'm like, fuck you. I don't drink. If you don't like it, then you're not the right person for Mm -hmm. me. But I've done that. And I just find that I have way better conversations sober with someone than when I am drunk or drinking because I can read them better. Like Mm -hmm. I am able to pick up on the vibe with them better me being sober and maybe it's not the same for them but I find that when I'm drunk or when I'm drinking everybody just seems like a good time when really they're not does that make sense yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good point it's um plus you want to I feel like your first date with somebody, you want to know what they're like sober, mm-hmm. right? Like, so there's this whole episode of Friends, and I know I use this <laughs> as a reference, but Monica has this boyfriend, and they call him, I'm going to, people are gonna be like, oh, you're not a true fan, but they call him, oh, Fun Bobby. His name is Fun Bobby. I know, yeah, I know. Fun, Fun you know Fun Bobby, right? Fun Bobby, and he's like, all, like, everybody loves Fun Bobby, and then, like, his grandpa or uncle or somebody dies, and he, or he he like stops drinking he becomes sober and like no he's no longer fun she's like what the hell happened Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of that thing i feel like my first date with someone i would prefer it be sober so that way you get a good sense of who they are because if your first five dates are you guys going out and drinking Mm -hmm. and getting drunk like and then that one time you have to hang out with them sober and you're like oh my god you're like (laughs) fucking you're boring as hell like i think it's also just like it comes with maturity too it's Mm -hmm. whenever i was younger it was it it wasn't that it wasn't a question it just it never even crossed my mind that we weren't gonna like party together before we hooked up or before we started something and then you know a relationship didn't come till after we had partied together enough and hooked up enough to where then we had a bond and then we decided to be boyfriend and girlfriend and my last relationship because he's in recovery too um was very like we were very sober at the beginning of the relationship and and throughout the relationship and sober from a lot of things sober from sex sober from substances sober from a lot and um it was it it it, you know I've talked a little bit about that relationship on the podcast but it was 
the most serious relationship I've ever been in. It was almost, it was also, you know, and I don't know, I question my own stuff because of this program and like me now working through my own childhood stuff. But I do wonder in some ways, like, you know, I want to say it's the most in love I've ever been in too. Um, from my end, I, you know, I wonder like what, how his brain was sorting through all of that sometimes now looking back at it. But, um, yeah, I think that it's like the older you get, the more you value because you don't want to be in a relationship with someone that you don't know or that you can't like wake up the next morning and like just have a good time with, you know, talking, you know, in a normal state of mind. Yeah. Um, you start to really value that time together. And then, yeah, like drinking or having fun just becomes supplementary sure. to the relationship. Right. I think for or it doesn't have to also too I think being young and we've talked about this before I've never had like a true one night stand right like where I've gone out to a bar didn't know somebody's name thank you yeah <laughs> no that's something we have in common I just want yeah. to throw that out there I'm bragging too <laughs> and then like woke up and like been like oh shit who's this like I've never had that but I have had friends that have done that mm-hmm. and they've and, and again I'm not judging anybody I'm not saying that people don't enjoy that or that people shame themselves for that. But in my experience with the friends that have experienced it, they've always woke up. They've always woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Really? They've they've always woken up and been like completely, I don't want to say ashamed, but been like, what the fuck? Like I never would have done this sober. I, I can't believe I've, I've done this. And then it, it sends them into this like panic, right. Of like, did I catch something? Like, do I have to go get the morning after pill? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck happened? Like, you know, like, there's all these things that come along with using substances. And I won't just say drinking because I know there's a wide variety of substances that people can abuse. But um, I think that that, for me, is part of it, too. I think as I get older, I'm more scared of those kinds of situations. Like, mm-hmm. when I was younger and I would go and drink and I would party, like, I would hook up with friends that I wouldn't normally have hooked up with just because, like, libido is high because, you know, I'm I'm drunk or, or mm-hmm. whatever that is. And then you feel, like, kind of shitty the next day because you're like, I fucked my friend. <laughs> and now this is weird. Now our friendship is way cooler. <laughs> Now we can do a lot more together than just go get burgers and fries. Yeah, yeah. No more talking One Tree Hill at 8 p.m. Okay, come over. Let's do it. One Tree Hill me tonight. Okay, anyway, Evan, let's get let's get a little bit deeper into into what's going on. So we kind of I guess I you know, you're it sounds like your answer to the question of like how does it feel? It's just that there's not a relationship if you're not sober. So it is it is it, it is just feeling it in general. Like it is just feeling the love, like mm-hmm. feeling that connection with someone, feeling yeah. that partnership. Um, what would you say, you know, and you go into as much detail as you're comfortable, mm-hmm. but how would you say managing a relationship sober is like, are, do you only date people who are sober? Do you sometimes mm-hmm. like, how would you manage a relationship with someone who's not sober? Yeah. And like, how do you respect yourself, respect them and like create those boundaries? Totally. Yeah. So, so there's definitely, um, you know, the last relationship I was in, it was about five years. Um, and so it lasted five years or it was five yeah, years ago. It was, no, it was it lasted five years. So, um, we have a lot in common, Evan. Yeah. yeah. She, she was not that I, I mean, I, I mean like the relationship yeah. thing. Should I, 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 should I leave them? Like yeah. you guys, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I, I guess um, not what I'm saying. <laughs> like, uh, so the cool thing is about being well, being ex- in recovery is you know, I get to learn like a lot of these really cool communication skills. Like, it's super tech, it's yeah. you know, super gooey, but it's like truthfully, like learning how to communicate effectively in a relationship changed my life forever. This is how I feel. This is what I need. Like, this is what I think I need. Like asking for what you want, saying how, like being okay with saying your actions affected me in this, this way. Mm-hmm. And this is how it made me feel. Yeah. Uh, or this, you know, this is how I feel about it. Um, and then being able to just have it sit down and have a conversation, compromise and all these weird words that I've never used before in a relationship. Now, all of a sudden have become almost ingrained in my behavior. You know, instead of pointing the finger, the first thing, you know, my first instinct now is to see where I, I may have fallen short, seeing how maybe my my. Um, uh, point of view on the situation may be skewed and so you know so in having having that experience I was able to come into a relationship and honestly I mean this is just what in the feedback I was given it being the most the most healthy relationship in both of our lives you know um in that relationship we I went. wonder what that feels like to be in a healthy healthy relationship and i don't even know if it was healthy you know but it like felt it felt healthy you know <laughs> being totally salty. i thought my last relationship was really? healthy until Why? i saw the way it ended oh which we uh, we've oh, already kind of talked about man I'm, I'm out of the loop and I feel- well no, no no i wasn't trying to redirect it about me what i'm saying is like i think that i think that a healthy relationship is a beautiful thing and i mm-hmm. and i thought that my last real and my last relationship from my angle was very healthy like it was the healthiest i've ever been in a relationship mm-hmm. Um, because he was in recovery, a lot of those communication skills that you learn and he's five years deep into it. So, you know, a lot of those communication skills were very present in our relationship. Now, like I've hinted on, on the podcast before, there's a lot of shit there that I won't go into out of respect of him, but, um, you know, like I, I, I think that. Uh, once you do experience that kind of open and transparent conversation or communication with someone, it's kind of hard to go mm-hmm. back to anything exactly. that falls short of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I've never experienced that. You got and to, I think yeah. that's shitty because you do deserve that. And, you know, I think that this is a good time and not to, you know, again, like we've done this so many times where we've like hinted at daddy issues and joked about it and all of that. And I don't want to like get super deep into it, but I think that this is a good time and good conversation to talk about how, you know, childhood issues and familial relationships and shortcomings and experiences heavily and almost entirely affect our adult relationships, whether it's intimate relationships, platonic relationships, cohort, you know, any kind of, you know, dominant, submissive, not in a sexual way or in a sexual way. But I mean, like authoritative role, you know, work, whatever those foundations of our childhood directly affect those adult relationships. And if you experience something in childhood that skews your view of relationships in some way, it is worth it to work through those in adulthood so that you can allow yourself to experience the full spectrum of emotion with someone in a healthy way without feeling like you're constantly like Mm -hmm. grabbing for something that someone's not giving you. And then you start to see patterns. Like I started to see patterns. I still see patterns like in my relationships where now because of the program, I see why I'm attracting those kind of people um, doesn't mean that I, you know, it doesn't make it easier sometimes, but yeah, you start seeing them and you're able to kind of say, you're, you're able to kind of separate 
what your like gut your gut is drawn to versus what your your mind needs to be drawn to absolutely i think you made an important distinction uh between like the gut you know i call it the gut the heart you know like that important part of me that i think is the real me and really knows what I need and then I have this like this lower level calling for you know um you know uh these does this person make me look good does this is this person is this person good looking um am are they funny do they entertain me in the way that I do they make me you know I think a, a lot of just being a human being, a lot of it, whether I realize it or not, is grounded in this kind of unconscious seeking of uh, blowing up my ego and like these weird low level pleasures. Um, and it takes it takes some acknowledgement that takes some some conscious energy to go to realize that uh, to kind of step out of that robot mode, mm-hmm. if you will, and kind of really take a, a look within and ask myself what I need. Cause, um, a lot of, when was the last time you asked yourself that, you know, what, what do I, what do I need today right now? And what, you know, you know every Monday, <laughs> every Monday, we'll, we'll talk about every Monday from six to eight. I'm but, just kidding, but no, you're right. I think it's a really good point. I'm just making a lighthearted joke because we're always like, what the fuck? I mean, we need a lot. <laughs> we need a lot. <laughs> But yeah, like sometimes, yeah, you, you get in autopilot mode, especially whenever it comes to dating or like attraction, not mm-hmm. dating, but attraction is easy to turn on autopilot mode and just be like, oh, I'm attracted to that. I'm attracted right. to that. I'm attracted to that. And never really sitting back and being like, but does that person actually provide me what I need? Exactly. Yeah. And so, in a, in a, you know, for me, when I think about what I need right off the bat, I think, well, I need a cooler car than the one I have. I need a little bit more money in the bank. Uh, I probably should get my chin fixed at some point. You know, it's like, I have all these... Oh, your chin is great, My chin is super... It's not that great. It can be a lot more chiseled. I also want to get my chin fixed. Like, I Google chin implants, like, at least once a month. And you know what? And here's the thing. Hoping that that, like, cost, like, the the average cost, like, keeps going down each year. The technology is in so much better. You know, it's been around now for, like, eight, ten years. That price has got to keep... Wait a minute. Ten like, years is the only. The only no, 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 I'm just ch- saying like five to ten is the, like jobs. popular. You know, so like, I'm just waiting jobs for it to hit like 2500, <laughs> and then I'm like all. And for I mean, yeah. it is funny. I like I have these I like I think about, OK, mm-hmm. well, by the time I'm ready for like some serious fucking physical work, yeah. I hope that the cost <laughs> will be affordable. Yeah. Like when it comes down, like one of my favorite sayings is Richmond jump off buildings, too. That's, yeah. 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 Know, they and, do. and it's it's so funny because when I, you know, I look back in my life and I go, if I only had this or this or this, then I'd be OK. <laughs> And then I got those things and I still feel exactly the same. Yeah. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. And, yeah. And trying absolutely. to find that, like that line of happiness. And it seems that it, it just keeps getting further and further away. The closer you get to it, you're like, oh, well, actually now it's like, you know, 10 yards out yeah. and it just keeps getting further and for, further away. And that's what, like when I look at relationships, you know, I look at them as almost like a, I, I have had the tendency due to this day, how... Every once in a while, I'll ha- I'll look at them as a a um, commodity or a like a um, I'm a consumer. 
a relationship consumer. Like this will make me feel better. If you were only this way, then that would that I would be okay. If you would only say things like this to me, if you would, you know, which is fair, of course, to ask for what you what you want. But like, is that really? what you need exactly well and too whenever you're seeking out something from like if you know you're seeking out like if that person was only a certain way you know and you know this now obviously but you know so all, all of that stability and fulfillment and satisfaction originally you know it, it's all rooted in you mm-hmm. and of course whenever you've learn that part of yourself, you've worked on that part of yourself, you've sorted all that part of yourself out or whatever, then you come to a relationship. And this is something I'm really working on and something that like I fall prey to, especially in the beginning of a relationship is I stop paying attention to my own needs and I start just paying attention to their needs. And oh, then I'm so guilty of that. Yeah. I start Very sacrificing my own needs. And then it's like later on down the road, then like I'm, I haven't, you know, then I'm like lacking in such a way. But, but we know why we do it though. Like we've yeah. had this conversation that like maybe me more than you, I have a need to please people mm-hmm. due to issues I have from my childhood. Sure. Like yeah. I very much fall into that category where I need the approval of someone that I'm with to feel secure, to feel good, to, to feel like this is good for them so if it's good for them then that will in some way reward me Mm -hmm. later on does that make sense like if i'm good if i please them this person will stay right and if they stay then i'm happy because that's what i want is for them to stay and that might also of course it depends on the recipient of that attention but that might also end up pushing some people away because we have these i know like i have this response to people who and I don't know what it is. Like, I can't even explain it. Cause I, I think you and I, like, I do have this underlying need to please people, but I have such a, such a rebellion towards doing it in an outright way that it's like this constant battle within me. But I think like, I, I then can see it from the other side where almost because it's such a conflict in my head, if someone's trying to please me too much, then I'm repulsed. And I'm like, no, well, I can't. Let me clarify. And I'm, I'm not, not talking yes about you, person. but I'm saying I know, like, but like a guy. just for listeners, I'm not a yes person. Like, I'm not going to say I like something just because you like it. Like for yeah. me, it's like, it's not like I'm not a pleasing. chameleon. I'm yeah. not a chameleon. For me, it's not about necessarily only pleasing someone. It's about taking, taking care of someone. Right. Like, yeah. I, it like in an, in a relationship, I take on that like character, caretaker role. And you're right that some people aren't looking for a caretaker. They're looking for a partner. That's the, the healthiest, like kind of relationship you can be in, right? Like a partnership. Well, some people don't prefer partnerships. Some people, you know, prefer dominant, submissive, things like that. But I think that, you know, when people are equally invested. That's what I mean by a partnership. That's healthiest. Right. And I think for me, I take on this role of caretaker, which means that I'm giving like 70% and the other person's giving 30% because I'm allowing that. And I know that it's probably a little bit different for you. So I didn't want to make it seem like I'm the type of person that's like, yeah. Oh, you want this? I'll get you that. You want this, 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 that, 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 like I'm like, no, no, I'm glad not- you clarified. Cause that's not you at all. Yeah. But you, it's not you to like, just be a yes person and be a doormat, but yeah, you're a caretaker and there's a difference yeah. there. I want to steer the conversation a little bit because you talked about attraction mm-hmm. and I want to take, a, take the advantage of having, take advantage of someone being in here 
who is also heavily tattooed mm-hmm. and find out what your perspective is because we've talked about this a little bit oh, yeah, like this is good. where do you feel like women fetishize your tattoos or do you feel like your tattoos hinder you at all in dating because i think we might have different experiences and i want to know what this. the difference is for a man and a woman too That's because what I like meant. yeah yeah um so i guess the question is, have I noticed it? Like, do you do you <clears throat> notice that women will fetishize your your mm. tattoos or? <laughs> no, I haven't noticed. Well, at least nobody's ever met, you know told me that you know I find your tattoo like I'm sexually attracted to you because of your tattoos. Um, now, at- do okay so. Do when you are like dating, mm-hmm. do you find that people will ask you a ton of questions about your tattoos? No. Okay. See that. But you also probably see. I can, but I can see. And I know I'm interrupting here, but I can almost see a a, a reason for that. Like, first of all, there's a difference for guys and girls. Like in the sense societally, I'm not saying that's that I'm that's talking. right. I'm trying to figure out. But if I bet really like he is. hasn't run into. I mean, unless you you're you're about to say you have, and I know I'm not letting you talk much, but I, like I can see how you would run into it more because that's you're what a I'm woman. Trying to figure out. I think I get it more just out in the world. From, I get like it more just from strangers yeah. than I do from people I'm intimate with. Well, yeah. Um, and also, I think, I mean. I, I don't know. I just think. You don't feel like your tattoos have hindered you in dating at all. I mean, I don't know. Probably, you know, probably a little bit. Um, now he's going to think about it. Like, I mean, I generally, uh, I like, I like good girls. Like I'm not like, a, I don't like the, after the bad girl. Like, yeah. I like good girls with a little bit of edge to them. And generally they, have a few tattoos themselves and you know so it's like um do people assume that you're a bad boy because of your tattoos i have no idea probably not i mean i have like a baby face you know like i'm i smile a lot i have really calm energy and i i i don't think people think that i'm a bad boy so like okay i want to try to like simplify this do you online date yeah. Okay. So you have never in your like history of online dating have felt that you, by looking at you, not by talking to you, because I think you're right by talking to you. I think people will understand that's not your persona. Like for me, I think the example I'm trying to use is that when I online date, I think that men automatically think that I'm like, I must be wild. <laughs> because I'm heavily, well, I'm heavily tattooed, you know, and, so and I, that's a good point. You know, I, I can't say where, I, I can see where you're coming from um, because, like, a man with sleeves and chest tattoos, it's like not that. It's yeah, it's like guys because guys don't have the societal standard of being like delicate, soft, so, beautiful, right. like whatever. You know, and every guy's gonna vary in like what they're looking for, but like. Women don't look at guys that, you know, it's like almost like the rougher they look to a lot of women, even if you're not interested or like attracted to typically a heavily tattooed man. It's like you just don't think of that. But guys, I think they might even if I mean, I don't know. It's not like I'm a you know, I experienced it. But from you, I never thought about it until you talked to me about it. And I was thinking about it like, yeah, I I can see how you would run into that because there are guys who have you know, pictures in their head of what, like, a woman's 
delicacy should look like. And they might cast judgment on you for that. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little bit weird and like... It's crazy to me because we've said that and maybe you'll have an opinion. Maybe you won't. But I will get... I will get matched with like the cleanest Mm -hmm. cut looking guys. I'm talking about like like, (laughs) stockers, polos, like Lacoste shirts. Like, I'm talking about like your typical Chad, right? Like... Yeah. And I'm like... God bless Chad. In my head... Maybe you really don't care about the tattoos. But in my head, I'm like, how do you think that you are going to take me home to mom? You know what I mean? Like, like in my head. And so I think that for them, it's like, I can have a good time with her. She's probably wild. She's probably easy. She's probably Mm. all these things. As they're like, I'm not interested if you then get the same response. And it could just be that, like, this isn't typical you don't see this as often on a woman as you do Absolutely. a man. And hopefully that changes. Like, well, hopefully that stigma, stigma breaks down. Because to clarify, like, I'm pretty conservative. I can definitely be taken home to mom. I am very delicate. Like, my <laughs> hands are super soft. Good. Like, I don't She drink. puts lotion on I don't, all the time. I don't <gasps> smoke. Yeah. Like, I am the epitome of like delicate delicate I mean like the the delicate flower you know that we all joke about like women should be in in air quotes here um I I have a question though for you was it different um I don't know if we've said the town where you actually live so I won't say that but Austin culture is very different than where you live now which is a little bit more small town conservative do you feel like the men in Austin Versus the men in San Antonio and, like, the surrounding area are different in that way? So, I found that I never really fit in in Austin, like, from my own personal experience. Like, I think it has a lot to do with how I felt about just, like, my, like, my appearance, like, my ethnicity, I guess would say, was, like, also hindered me. And then I think that, like, being that ethnicity and having tattoos in very prominent places here in Austin, I didn't fit, like, the... And I and I don't want to offend anybody here. I didn't fit, like, the white, hipster, tattooed right. cliche. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. the Latin, tattooed, like, chola, even though it's, like, the furthest thing yeah. for me, you know? So I, I definitely did not feel like I fit in 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 Austin for that reason, when it came to like dating, I did not have, um, good experiences dating here. I didn't, I just feel like I didn't fit that, that mold. And then in New Braunfels, I don't, I think it's pretty, it's pretty equal. Now when we, when we talk about, I I live in a town called New Braunfels. I don't care if people know that. Okay. Um, I think that it's, um, like the suburbs. So I think that my chances of like finding love and dating in New Braunfels are already very slim just because most most people who live there are married with kids and and do a lot of stuff. So I would say it's probably on par with with Austin, but in San Antonio is where I feel like I fucking shine. Yeah, you know I mean? you've like, said that before too. Like, I just feel like I can walk into that town and like run shit. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like it, I just feel more comfortable there because there's like more of my people. Yeah. yeah. And and I fit that look better. I may not actually be that person. Like, I'm not Chola. I, I don't do the whole lip liner and, and draw on my eyebrows. And which, I mean, is hot to... Like, you don't need to draw on your eyebrows, girl. You got good brows. <laughs> Thank you. But I just feel like I'm just more accepted there. Like, mm-hmm. my body type is more accepted there. Like, my, my looks are more accepted there. My tattoos are more accepted there. I, I just feel more comfortable in that space. 
Um, but yeah, I never felt like I fit that mold here in Austin, even though I did have like, you know, I, I do have tattoos and stuff like that. I, I don't know what it was, but I did not feel like I fit in to, yeah, that, makes sense. to that like group of people here. It is a different, yeah. Just because you have tattoos doesn't mean you're in the same, right. like, you know, like small subsocial circle. Yeah. 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 Like, Oh, Hey, that you have sense. a chest tattoo. I have a chest tattoo. Now we're going to be best friends. Yeah. I, I kind of felt like, and you're different, you know, you're such a sweetheart, but I feel like a lot of the people I met that were heavily tattooed, I was like a, like a subset on like a totem pole to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like I was at their, their like level. I wasn't cool enough. I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck no. that. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, we're the same. You're just a little bit more granola looking than <laughs> I am, you know? I don't know what that means, but. I mean, Evan, take one look at me. I am the epitome of crunchy granola. Mm-hmm. Long red hair, Austin, Texas. Crumbs everywhere. So, just like, imagine. Brown boots, camp out of my Subaru Outback. I mean, I literally fit a fucking granola mold. Like, but now throw business. tattoos on you. And, and I would, would be def- more granola. And you would definitely. Can you imagine a sleeve on me? That. Yeah, I would I literally be. I think that that would be so I, badass. No, I, I would. I thought about getting. I mean, I'm, I like <laughs> tattoos too. And I thought about it. I'm not against tattoos at all. All I'm saying is like, I, I looked at myself the other day. <laughs> I was wearing. But I love the, the way most. You look. I'm fine. I, I mean, I'm fine okay. with it too. Like I own like, it. I'm I not. Love, I'm not like ashamed of it. I don't think you're it. like typical. I I really don't think that you are typical granola. Like, Good. I so, want to spend the rest of this episode talking about me. Okay, keep talking about me, please. <laughs> I love it when you wear that like red. Oh my red eyeliner, and it's yeah. not granola at all. And I love <laughs> yeah. when you come into the office in like a long skirt and like combat boots. And it's I know it's always going to be like green. Brown, yeah, earth tones, earth, earth tones. <laughs> or like denim, and I. Everyone who knows me knows. My, love it. My favorite, but I've uh, never seen you actually eat granola. My favorite yeah. Elle outfit yeah. is when she wears like, um, she's like a colonial, like a farm girl, like <laughs> she has this long right? dress, but also oh. like these really high stockings, and <laughs> I, I love it. I think Aww. like yeah. Anne of Green Gables meets like 2019. I, you know what's so funny cool. is like, that show, the you know the recent show Anne of Green, like Anne no. is what it's called. Anne, of, it's about Anne of Green Gables. No. My niece was literally because she's a little redhead with long red, you know, pigtails. My niece was like, this little girl reminds me of you so much because she talks nonstop. She has long red hair. She's super bubbly, super like, you know, it's like, yeah. I, but you know what? You just, I'm just, just who I am, y'all. Just going to stay you. a little crunchy. Anyway. Um, I think you're perfect. Well, thanks. Thank you. Um, we're sitting at about 15 and a half minutes right now. So we're probably going to wrap up fairly soon, but Evan, mm-hmm. so we, you, you don't really notice a difference with your tattoos. I think that that's kind of your final answer on that. Yeah. You think I'm going to pay attention to it a little bit more now. Do you think? I, I really don't think there's anything to pay yeah. attention to. Like, honestly, um, uh, I mean, I think it makes me look cooler. I like the way it looks. Um, I think you Definitely look. Cool. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree too. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, it's on me forever, so you have to be. You got to find a way to be okay with it. Um, That's very true. Yeah, dude. I got some like, awful like, tattoos. <laughs> like when you have a panda on your ass, you, you can literally on your ass? yes, you oh, literally yeah. have to be okay. With <laughs> you know what I have on my ass? Oh, okay, so shit. right here now. For the listeners at home, I'm pointing at like the back meaty part of my left thigh. 
Like where the butt right at the right, butt right cheek. where that yeah. little the crevasse is, right yeah. at yeah. the cheek. The crevasse. So I have this. So I lost this bet, this game that me and my friends play. It's called What Are the Odds? If you're asking what we do Sounds in sobriety, and stuff like this. <laughs> uh, it's called What Are the Odds? It's, I won't go over the rules, but basically it's like a dare game uh, where equal both parties have equal risk involved. Anyway, the, the dare was if you ever, if whoever loses, you get a tattoo, whatever you want on the other person, oh. wherever you want. So right now <laughs> on the back of my butt, I have... Paul was here, written really big, <laughs> a big heart, and then an arrow pointing to my butt. Oh my god, that's classic! So, Wait, did he do it, or uh, did he oh just yeah. take it? Oh, he I actually tattooed it. He bent me over and just tattooed the back of my leg. I wow. might need to get a picture of that because I have a yeah. friend. Can you Paul pull your pants down right now? I'm just no, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amazing to send to him. Like yeah. it won't make. Oh you... man, I got some. I, I take have... a take a, a little selfie in the sure, mirror for her later, and of course, yeah, yeah. Or we could just do it on the day that you that you learn how I moan. And you wear underwear. Is that a, are we making plans right now? As do you I sit, need to leave the room now? <laughs> As you sit in the in the room with HR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally our office manager. <laughs> oh gosh. Um so tell us what uh you know how we were talking a little bit ago, like, do you date only sober people? No. Okay. So what is that like? Um, do you feel, did it take people. you a while to get comfortable dating someone who was not sober? and like? It was harder to boundaries? date somebody who was sober. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Um, because there's, uh, you know, we're both working on some, some serious shit and uh, both of us are trying to, you know, do things a lot differently. And so it's a lot easier to have somebody who's a little more loosey-goosey on the front of... Like the do's and don'ts of just life in general. Wait, the what's and don'ts? The dudes. The dudes oh. and don'ts. The dudes. Wait, can oh. we do a three way do don't really quick? Okay. Just even though I know you're in the middle Let's of your story, it. but just, you know, ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Dude, dude don't. don't. Yeah, Should we do an ASMR one too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, dude, don't. Wait, I'm like, dude. Dude, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, stop it. Dude. Quit it, quit it, please, quit it, please. Okay, all right. Ow, I just keep hitting my knee I on the goddamn really table. Like the That's mic. part of the ASMR. Okay, I need. Okay, like... okay. So back, back okay. to Evan. So it's what, what, what? It's hard. Okay, okay. So it's also hard dating chicks who are not uh, sober because um, whether they have their shit together, like. My ex, she had like a master, master's degree. She had a great job. But she still liked to party every once in a while. You know, she's yeah. 27, 28. You know, we're, she still likes to throw down, you know. And, um, and it's like, you can only, I can only go out for so long and then not like be like, be surrounded by like yeah. ridiculous Ex drunk people not having a good time I am exact, at all. I feel you. So it, it, but you know. But is that where that communication comes in? Like, right. hey, I want you to continue to have fun. Exactly. I'm going to head home. Yeah. Let me know if you need, a, like, yeah. let me know if you're stuck. Get home safe. Exactly. Kind of, kind of that stuff. I feel like that's how I've been, too, with people that I've dated who who drink. Like, it's, it's I make it known that that's not something I enjoy. I can go out for a little bit. Yeah. But at some point, I'm going to be ready to go home before you. It doesn't mean that I didn't have a good time or that I'm upset or that there's going to be a fight later because of it or anything mm -hmm. like that. But... I just know my limit before I get to that point where I start getting annoyed and it's time for me to go home. But yeah. by all means, that doesn't mean you have to come home right. with me. That just means like, 
you stay at your place and I stay at my place or you come over later whenever you're done. But like I've had to have, I think, those conversations yeah. before, too, in the past. Yeah. What that looks like. Yeah. I'm just not. No, it's not the worst. I mean, really, it's like with, when it, with any relationship, there's going to be something, something to. It's not quite the way I want it to be. And it's like. Yeah, no relationship is perfect. It's really not created such a, you know, a huge issue. Or it's where I was like, man, like, I just can't date people who drink or smoke pot anymore. It's just, um, I don't know. It just seems like another little speed bump and just mm-hmm. in life. And it hasn't created any special, like, hindrances in me mm-hmm. finding happiness. It's just, like, another thing. But um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't feel like dating and s- sobriety and versus, you know, the nor- normies or whatever you want to call them. Like, they... It's all the same. Like that's kind of yeah. Like that's kind of what right? I was kind of what my brain was concluding on was just that you know we we talked a little bit about what the episode was going to be about beforehand and um, you know and, and agreed that this would be a good topic and also left it open to continue into talking about something else. And I realized you know the majority of the episode's been about this. I do think it's really valuable and also interesting and something that you know, is, is like a, is a thing. Like, I I think that people who are not specifically sober now, people in recovery, I know it's a little bit different whenever you just, you know, drink very rarely or occasionally, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a societal thing where we think like we have to have a drink or whatever to like relax and all that. So it becomes a thing, but before we close the episode on, you know, that being kind of your tagline, the the sober episode, like (laughs) what is like, you know, you, you're, you're a love, you know, you're a lover, you're someone who does enjoy absorbing someone else as a partner and like, um, you know, spending that time with them and, and, and all of that, like what, you know, what is your, like as a guy in the dating world, just as Evan, not as sober Evan, not as, you know, recovered Evan, like what, what do you feel like some of your like top three bullet point struggles are and top three, like favorite parts of dating are, or like whatever, Mm -hmm. how, whatever way you want to take it, like how, yeah, like, yeah, we're all human. We all have probably really similar struggles, but it helps to hear that other people have the same ones. Yeah. So like in all honesty, top three struggles, um, probably, um, so dick pics, dude, I can never get the right angle. Yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's honestly, it's probably feelings of inadequacy. Um, and I definitely like feel like I have to make sure that you're okay with me. Like, are you sure you still like me? Are you sure you still love me? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm, even though I'm aware, like, dude, it's fine. Um, that should be the name of the episode instead of dude, don't dude, it's cool. Dude, it's cool. <laughs> dude, it's cool. <laughs> uh, like, you know, it's like, okay, you're fine. Even though I know, I can acknowledge that and get, you know, that yeah. message sent right back to me. There's still that like twist in my gut. That's just like, no, like you're not okay. Um, I think I, like, I know that I, you're going to keep touch, going. I like relate to that one so much. I know. know. And I like I was just listening to you and like we all probably feel that way and not to get like um, like I'm not seeking pity because we've all been through mm-hmm. this, too. But this is the shitty thing is whenever you have that fear and that fear is validated mm-hmm. And, you know, in my last relationship, I I was having some feelings of inadequacy, although I always tried to, like, communicate them in a very mature and, like, level-headed way, like, never starting to fight about it, and had a very serious conversation with my boyfriend at the time, and 
you know, he told me like dead in the, looks me dead in the eye and said, I want you to feel safe in this relationship. Like I'm here for you. Like I'm going to, you know, I want you to feel safe. And from that day forward, I, you know, I made a decision in my head. I was like, okay, like I'm going to feel safe in this relationship. I'm going to make that choice. I'm going to stop feeling inadequate. I'm going to feel safe. And it was two weeks later that he broke up with me. <laughs> you know, and I was just like, well, j- fuck That's me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. fuck me. I can't like, I can't for the life of me, like get over the feelings of inadequacy because like you do start to feel like, whoa, maybe I'm not just making that up in my head. Like maybe I do have shortcomings. That's exactly well, how I felt with. JR or yeah. RJ, whatever, ass eating guys. And exactly here, here's felt. the thing about From that. From the beginning. Though, it's like, you know? Okay, so that being said, like. Um, and that guy's a fucking dick. I'm just going to uh, put that out on sure. record. He's a fucking dick. Okay. Uh, my ex, but also RJ. Also, <laughs> also RJ. RJ, yeah. They all are. I mean, you just, you don't say something that you don't mean. And, and I know y'all don't have the full story and you have a good point coming up and all of that. But like, you don't, you <laughs> don't say it. that shit. You just don't say that shit two weeks before breaking up with someone and not providing an explanation. To me, it's just like, you are solidifying it my just, fear. Just in general. Yeah. I don't ever fucking say I, that. Because I literally, literally just got out of the same thing where like somebody like provided no information on like why this yeah. just was, like stop just stop just stop but like you let's this is a dude fucking don't dumb. if you are in a relationship with someone you don't ever leave that relationship without some sort of closure without some sort of like yeah. this didn't work for me because blah 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 like you almost know, any reason would almost be fine. any reason. <laughs> yeah. Just not having a reason sucks the biggest balls ever. Ever. I ever. mean, ever, ever, ever. ever. <laughs> like, imagine the Fuck. biggest set of balls that you can imagine. And, and then imagine now imagine sucking, sucking them. <laughs> That's exactly you, what I mean, you would, like a yeah. rubbing, like a facial Yeah, rub. I mean, you would end up with a facial rash. And no, think about how fucked no, up like, that think is. Think about how a chipmunk stuffs their cheeks yeah, yeah, yeah. balls. Now imagine yeah. somebody physically doing that like, to you with their big-ass balls and how that feels. Mm-hmm. That's I think they feels just like. detach from their balls without any pain and they just walk away. you just have all left now with a mouthful of balls. <laughs> like, like the lizards whose tails. You're pop just like, I, how do I get the balls out of my mouth now? Exactly. How do I get the balls out of my mouth now? I am now sitting here. That with should big be the ass. title. How do I get the balls out <laughs> of my mouth? Wow, we have dicks on now. sticks, and how do I get the balls out? Anyway, okay, I mean, ten okay, minutes so. later, what was your point? <laughs> I forgot. No, you guys ruined it. I was totally on a roll, and it's it's gone. Well, now. this is the Do Don't podcast with yeah, yeah. your host no, and, L and Nick. Yeah, so. I've been dumped. Um, uh, just well, what were we talking about? So we, closure, lack thereof. No, no y'all so. were talking about closure. <laughs> I was talking about something else. No, so you said balls. Your, your three biggest, like... Oh, yeah. So what, your one one was inadequacy. Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. Two, never three. even know. Oh, yeah, and then I was going to close it off with piggyback on something you were talking about. Um, oh, yeah, so I feel like this inadequacy thing, or it comes, at least for me, it it derives from not exposing my whole self, like hiding parts of myself. Oh. And like when I hide parts oh, of myself, yeah. I immediately like, that's, that's, a, that's a, a new way to look at it. Yeah. And so like when, if I can, the people that I've kind of shown bare ass to, if you will, um, it's, uh, it's always ended up good, you know, cause like I've exposed this part of myself. What's so I feel like exposing, like exposing the parts of myself that I've always been ashamed of, that I pick my nose, that I everybody you know, picks their nose. But you know, what I'm saying like shit. But some like of that. us only do it in the shower, right? 
you know, where we can let it go down. Like Elle, she only does it in the shower. <laughs> so, anyway, but that, like, that's a great example, right? Like, I'm a big fan of coming into a relationship and just saying, yo, like, I pick my nose. Okay, so do you that enter is... into a relationship, like, out of the gate saying, like, I'm in recovery? I pick yeah, my nose. Yeah, okay. um, and I, you know... Honestly, I have this like uh, I have this problem with oversharing because I feel like it's um, it's like I, I don't want to like waste my time. If you're at, at some point on the road, you're going to find out something about Wait, me. Isn't that a defense mechanism yes, in the same way, it too? Is. It's it is a like I do. Trait. That's kind of yeah. like an oxymoron because you just got done saying that you feel inadequate because you hold too much back. But then now you overshare. But so you might overshare to compensate. And oh. then you it's, a, it's just like but sometimes my oversharing will be selective oversharing. Oh, okay. So it'll be like it, it, so it's a big messy like it Maybe it's compensating for what you're projecting that person sees as lacking or like exactly. could be lacking. It, so it's, it's like, like all dependent. Too. It's all over the fucking place. Yeah. It all, it's all trash. Ultimately, what it comes down to, and of course, this is like some magical mystery fairy wonderland bullshit. It's like be yourself or like don't do fucking do anything. You know, yeah. and it, like, yeah. of course, if you can write a book on that, like you'd be a millionaire. I don't know how to do it. But like the, the times that I've just took a breath and just like let it all fucking hang out on a regularly have been the happiest, most successful relationships of, you know, sure. two, one to two in particular. Sure. Um, anyway, done with that. Yeah. Close that one. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah, I a hundred percent earlier, whenever I said we have a lot in common, you know, I'm, I'm talking about being 29, being in a five-year relationship, um, you know, we've had different paths, you know, with with the with your recovery and, and the ACA program is is a little bit different in the regard. And the reason why I'm pointing that out is because I haven't I like I, I can't even imagine the kind of struggles that you've had to go through in order to like just find yourself, because I know how hard it is. And by finding ourselves, you know, I know that's such a cliche thing to say, but by mapping out my foundation I've found out that it is an extremely complex, layered, years worth of work that I have to do. And it doesn't mean that I'll stay single for all of that. And I'm going to wait for, you know, until I get all that sorted out before I find a relationship. But that's just shit that was rooted in my childhood. And I otherwise have been able to stay afloat for my my adulthood to where like that's really all I have to work through and I know how heavy that is so like I can't even imagine the amount of weight that you've that you're not sitting under anymore thank god but at one time you were sitting under just like digging your way out of to try to come out on the surface and so even the fact that we're like in this room recording the podcast about your dating life like I, I didn't know you before recently, it, and, and I don't want to make assumptions, but it's possible that just however long ago, like not that far in the past, like we wouldn't be having this conversation because it would be a total, like you would just be in a totally different place in your life mm-hmm. and you wouldn't, in, in connecting with someone in that kind of intimate way just wasn't on the table. And, and I might be wrong about that, but like you said, whenever you're not sober, there is no relationship. So in a way, it's like just having the conversation shows how much you've dug yourself out of, you know, and out of your own head, out of real things around, you know, real outside tangible things around you. Um, I'm sure you can say it a lot more eloquently than I am, but I do. I, I can relate to a certain extent on how hard it is to be in an intimate relationship whenever you have shit to work through. Mm-hmm. And especially whenever you're in recovery like that and having dated now three different guys who struggled with some kind of addiction, it's 
it's an extremely like it's just an extremely hard thing. And and yeah, I commend you for I mean, I don't want to sound corny or cheesy, but like I, I do think very highly of you for sticking through it and for like, you know, for sticking through it and, and for for keeping such an open mind and a loving heart towards the people that you allow into your life, because it's not easy. And, you know, and, and you are such a you know, you're such a loving soul. And like, I remember whenever you first started working here, I was just, I was like drawn to your energy because, well, like you already said what kind of person you are, but I think everyone felt that like you're, you're magnetic and you're someone that people really want to be around. And it would be a shame to ever like rob the world of that, you know? And you already know all that. You've already probably heard of all of that before, because (laughs) in all of your conversations, getting to the point you are now, you know, I'm sure there were some really raw uh, conversations like that, but you know, we're lucky to like sit here and like talk about relationships. Yeah. And it's like, well, geez, if that's like the worst thing that happens in our week, like we're fine. And especially whenever you get to this point where you can like start having those conversations, like you're not having to talk about, yes, you still have a lot of recovery conversations, but you're not having to talk about that anymore because that's something in your past. You're still actively working on it and always will in some yeah. way, you know, it just sucks that way. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're able to have a good, healthy, surviving relationship, I hope, and um, be able to give the part of yourself that the world deserves, you know? Yeah. That was so sweet. Yeah, I just want to say I would never have come into this room if I wasn't so sure that I was going to be sitting with just two raw, honest women who I honestly, um, there's one thing I really value and just people. And that's just like the ability to just talk about whatever you want and like whatever's real in your life. And I just commend y'all's art so much. Thank and you. I, I've said it, I've said it a lot to other people, but I, you know, y'all do something really beautiful and I'm um, Thanks, Evan. really honestly, <laughs> That was a high five ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) That was not a sex sound. (laughs) High fives are the sexiest Uh, move. Honestly, I'm a good high five, like right at the end. Evan's just really turned on right now that Nick and I just high fived. Um, High fives are easily my favorite sex move. Yeah. I I would have to agree. Um, So, yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode. And Evan, thank you so much for sitting in this tiny ass room with us. It's warm, too. Warm. Tiny. Moist. Moist. Yeah, it's warm. warm. I'm like naturally a clammy hands person and I'm like real clammy right now. You're not clammy. She's actually. Do you feel she's my hand? Good. They're you know, legitimately clammy right now. No, they're not. Yeah, I feel. I mean, no. Now they're just getting worse because I'm thinking about it. Um, I also want to point out, and this is a little bit of a technical thing. Um, whenever we recorded our podcast with Sam, we are very aware of the sound issues. I tried working on it. Um, and I'm just not savvy enough to really figure it out. I'm sure someone who was a sound engineer could have figured it out. But I just want to give the little forewarning because we're working with a similar setup today and like similar seating arrangement that if there are sound issues that we're unable to work through, um, I want to apologize ahead of time. And, um, you know, reassure y'all that one of these days far off into the future, we might get some better equipment and be able to record better sounding podcasts. Yeah. Um, and then also um, remind all of you guys that this is our last episode oh, yeah. for 2019. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, You're yeah. our last guest for 2019. We'll be back um, sometime 
I think January 15th is when we're recording next. Like sometime that second or third week of January, we'll get another episode We'll be back the middle of January. Yeah. Try not to miss us too much. And um, I really have decided as a New Year's resolution that over the break, I am going to really sit down and put together a plan so that way we can be more interactive with you guys on our Instagram. We can actually have, you know, um, like weekly topics to give you guys a really good heads up on what is coming. Um, I just want to be really, I just want to be more involved in this. So hopefully next year you guys will see better content, um, better involvement, better interactives. And, and yeah, so we hope that you guys will pick back up with us in mid January when we come back from break. Yeah. Thanks for listening y'all. We hope that you'll have a great winter break and And happy new year. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>